I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. An exciting time today. We are talking about the 2009 horror comedy, Jennifer's Body. I am not insecure, needy. God, that's a joke. How could I ever be insecure? I was the snowflake queen. Yeah, two years ago when you were socially relevant. I am still socially relevant. And when you didn't need laxatives to stay skinny. I am going to eat your soul and shit it out, Nikki! Thought you only murdered boys. I go both ways. So much to say about this. Written by Diablo Cody and directed by Karen Kusuma. It stars Megan Fox. Amanda Seyfried, Adam Brody, and Johnny Simmons with special appearance by Parks and Recs only, Burt Macklin, (laughs) a.k.a. Chris, (laughs) which was by far my favorite part of (laughs) the show. I'll throw that out there for me. So about spoilers, uh, obviously spoiler alert, but are there any trigger warnings, Jamie, for this movie? I don't think so, uh, unless you're horrified by Succubi. That's the only thing I can think of. Absolutely, (laughs) yes. Other than (laughs) that, it's just a gory, roaring time. But before we get into that, what's new in your life, guys? Have you watched anything new? Anything happen? So we had an Amanda Seyfried week oh amazing uh, we uh we watched the new netflix i mean we watch it's not new to anyone like listening to this because this is airing way after we're talking about it but the uh the movie uh things heard and seen on oh, netflix yeah. we watched mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh jamie do you want to give our mini review uh it was weird really strong opening and middle and then gets pretty wacky off the rails at the end, which was disappointing. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, like last five minutes wacky. And like the rest of the movie was pretty good. It kind of has like a, a fake twist in the middle. Like you think it's gonna be a haunted house movie, and then it's kind of not, but then it is again. And then the last five <laughs> minutes is just wild. Like, 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 I don't know. You're like silly. Like, yeah, ghost, acting ghosty. is great. Oh, yeah. Is it like as above, so below, last five minutes crazy, but not ending well (laughs) still? Kind of, but in a different veers off into, I mean, there's a lot with art and, yeah, I (laughs) paintings. Yeah, it gets like really artsy when the whole movie kind of isn't. It's trying to do so much. It's trying to have something to say about like, love and then it has something to say about like death and life and how they're interconnected and then it's also trying to say things about like white men and their privilege and then it's and also good trying ghosts to, and bad ghosts yeah bad good ghosts and bad ghosts then it's also it, it's just really <laughs> trying to do a lot it's trying to the difference between the city and the uh, rural life and like and then it's just it's it's doing too much potentially but the acting is good, and those the first like three fourths of the movie plus are like actually quite engaging and intriguing, and then it kind of just like shits the bed a little bit for me. So it's just theme overload, okay? Yeah, go. but she's great. She's excellent. Yeah, great actor. I mean, the the lead male is really good too because you hate them so much. Yes, very strongly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, thank you for that because that was on my Netflix list, but maybe I'll wait a little bit longer before. Sure, sure. I'll get some other stuff in. I still have to finish them on Amazon Prime. Oh, I haven't started that. Is it good? It 
is a lot. It reminds me of Lovecraft, but hmm. yeah, I don't know. Just with everything that's been happening in the world and all of the social commentary in the show, it was just a little bit of an overload for me. So I had to take breaks with sure. everything happening. Uh, but other than that, the acting is is great. I'm still not super sold on the story, but I'm also only on like the end of episode two. So I read a review on it. I didn't watch it. So this is just me like talking about a review, which is kind of silly, but whatever. Um, (laughs) I read a review that said it's good. It is Lovecraft did it better in one episode. What this is trying to do over the course of like five or six. I can definitely see that in the first two episodes. Sure. 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 Yeah. 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 But you're enjoying it thus far, regardless. I mean, I guess I just want to know what's going to happen. I just want to know what the story is, but maybe I can just pull a Jamie and read the plot. Yes. <laughs> and spoil everything. <laughs> and I'll know what's happening and then it'll all be good. Okay. Perfect. Let's get into this movie because I just, I don't have a lot of questions, but I will say I'm going to need for you guys to convince me with this movie that, that it's the best movie ever that it's the best movie ever according to Jamie and Brian but first let's try a little bit of something we're going mm. to describe the plot but in under a minute faster <laughs> yeah let's yeah, do something I'm... new and exciting Watch the plot. <laughs> you know I don't want to miss any important plot points <laughs> I just want people to like really like almost as if they were watching the movie all over again, just by listening to me read through Wikipedia. Exactly. Sometimes people just want to know what it's about, but not actually watch it. So I get it. Mm -hmm. But we're going to try and see what happens. Jamie, (laughs) don't kill me. I'm going to let you take this one. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm going to give you, I'll give you, let's do two minutes. I'll give you two minutes. Okay. Okay. Yep. Ready and start. Okay, so the film stars two besties, Nevi and Jennifer, a la Jennifer's Bobby, childhood best friends, even though they don't really have a lot in common. One night they go to a dive bar to see a concert by this band Low Shoulder. A fire somehow burns everything. It's really intense and traumatic for everyone. Jennifer and Nevi escape, so does the band. Jennifer goes with the band to, she thinks going to hook up, but then, uh, then we see her later and she's vomiting up black, gross, sharp, vomity blood stuff in Nevi's house. Um, the next day, Jennifer's at school. Everything seems normal. Nevi's really weirded out. Then we see Jennifer seducing a football player and then eats him, yum, yum. Uh, Low Shoulder is getting really popular, like separately, uh, supposedly for saving all these people in the fire at the dive bar, even though they didn't do anything. And Nevi gets really pissed about it. Later on, Jennifer looks gross and dumpy. And she goes on a date with this emo kid. I love him. Uh, Then she murders him in an empty house. And at the same time, Nevi and her boyfriend, Chip, have sex for the first time. But she also can see Jennifer murdering emo boy. Then Jennifer shows up at Nevi's house and tells her that low shoulder the band tried to sacrifice her to satan as a virgin but she's not a virgin not the front or a back virgin as she says earlier in the movie so she ends up being possessed like a succubus and when she eats boys she is invincible and when she doesn't eat boys she's gross and shitty nevi learns how to defeat jennifer uh nevi breaks up with her boyfriend before the big dance her boyfriend is walking alone in the woods in this town where all these people are being murdered for no smart reason jennifer seduces him and then murders him uh jennifer and nevi have their big face off in jennifer's bed and then nevi murders jennifer but not before jennifer bites her and transfers her magical sucky by powers Five, over to her four, and that's how the movie three, ends oh and then she kills low shoulder one applause for Jamie. (laughs) We need to have round of applause there. That That was awesome. That was hard. (laughs) That was awesome. I'm stressed. (laughs) Oh man, beautifully done. Um, that was awesome. Process that. I knew you could do it. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. And we watched the uncut version. So mm-hmm. uncut version where? We rent on we iTunes. It. Gotcha. I just got that free trial of stars. Oh, nice, nice. Oh. Time and uh, watched it under there. So let's get into it. Obviously, we said at the beginning, Jamie said at the beginning that this was one of her favorite movies. So I won't ask if you liked it. I'm sure you <laughs> enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, Brian, you feel the same way, I'm assuming. Yeah. So I saw this movie in theaters. And if you want proof, I have my ticket stub right here. <laughs> I saw it September 18th, 2009 at 2.40 p.m. in the afternoon. Um, It cost me $8 to see this in New Jersey. Um, I did a double feature day of Jennifer's Body and apparently Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Um, Because I, of course, have my movie stubs book where I have every single movie that I have seen that I got stubs for um, since The Wedding Singer in 1998. No way. Wedding what? Singer, Batman and Robin, Star Wars, The Phantom Menace, Keeping the Faith, Mission Impossible 2, Chicken Run, The Crew. I don't Are you going to read parents. through the no, And the first page, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That's the first page of this movie binder. And the last one on here, pre-pandemic, was... Invisible Man. Also a great movie. No, it's actually... So it's actually... Knives Out is the one that's in here because, mm-hmm. because we, we didn't get hard copy tickets for uh invisible man Invisible man yeah but that was the last one we saw oh my gosh what what are these <laughs> but yes but yes I, I really i remember thinking this movie was wild when i saw the movie theaters and i know that it became i've heard its name a lot more recently for two reasons one you know in the Me Too movement, this movie kind of like came back full force cult wise because it is a female driven empowerment um, horror movie, which I feel like you see more of now, thankfully. The second thing is that uh, the director, Karen uh, Kusama, she also directed that what Jamie and I watched recently, The Invitation. And she also directed Aeon Flux and as well as Destroyer, which I didn't see that. But um, we wa- because I, I did a little more like digging on her because we had just watched The Invitation. Nice. Well, I just have to say, I honestly don't know how I feel about this movie. I totally understand the cult following that it has because, first off, the quotability of this movie is absolutely insane the crazy i must say ladies you're both looking very salty today (laughs) (laughs) like soy sauce (laughs) salty i had a list of some things but we'll get into that later but some of my favorite ones were but i just need you guys to explain to me some of the moments some of the things that happened in the movie for you that you were like yes this is it for me. I will be watching this because this is the first, obviously this is the first time that I have watched this and this came mm-hmm. out back in 2009 and I've heard about it. Um, I will say, I feel like this is Megan Fox's best work to be honest. <laughs> and I don't yeah. mean that anyway. She did. No. <laughs> this she, is definitely her, her best work. She was also a new girl, right? Yeah. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what Zoe Deschanel had to leave for like a half a season because she was pregnant. So they brought in Megan Fox as like her subletter or whatnot. But Megan Fox, Megan Fox started on Hope and Faith that 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 um, that sitcom with um, Kelly Ripa and whatnot on ABC. And so she like she's very funny. She has like big comedy chops. So I I really like seeing this movie and mm-hmm. remembering that. I mean, my first introduction to her was Transformers, which I'm sure were a lot of people's introduction to her. Sure, sure. This movie, I was like, oh, yes, I can understand the comedy aspect, what you're trying to do. But talk to me about some of your favorite things in in this movie. What made it a cult following for you? Um, I mean, I think you said it already in terms of just the quotability. I love this script. Um, I know we didn't talk that much about Diablo Cody's creds, but this is basically like Juno. If Juno was a horror movie, like I I, just, everything that everyone is saying is, is ridiculous. And I love it. And I want to talk to people this way. 
uh, all the time. Um, like random thing. I'll think about like random things and be like, I would love to say this to somebody, but like nobody actually communicates in this way. Um, but I think I'm going to start because this movie's coming back with its cult following. So um, like you're going to yell, cheese and fries. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, I just, I really love this movie. I, I really like the way that it captures that like intensive female friendship mm. and, um, and then also like the realization that like, you don't have to keep your relationships from childhood, like that people grow apart and that's okay. And, and we can like process the, the shift that we all experience and, and grieve those relationships and move forward. And that's okay. Um, yeah, that like just the, the bond that, that they share, but that's also just based on history and coming to that realization is really powerful. Yeah, I also do, I did enjoy the fact that how the movie was set up, it seems like Amanda's character was just the obsessive one. And to me, when I was first watching it, it seemed like Amanda wanted to kind of take over Megan Fox's life, um, but that wasn't the case. It was just something completely different. I didn't know mm. what to expect from this. I hadn't seen any clips about it. I didn't know. I just saw Megan Fox's body on the poster, and I was like, okay, I'm <laughs> I did not know where any of this was going. So when the story was unfolding, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. But also it is a very specific type of humor that mm-hmm. I felt when certain jokes were happening, happening, I was like, maybe I should be laughing at this, but I'm kind of not, maybe it's just not my humor, but definitely the quotable phrases, I was like, yes, that that is it. But overall, there was kind of some plot holes uh that hmm, i don't help me out but also this I don't is understand a horror comedy so i get it if there are, are plot holes but what my first question is how did amanda get the power to start seeing jennifer killing all of those people and like um seeing like she had visions of the dead people and seeing jennifer like on top of the dead people like how did sure. that <laughs> yes uh, best friendship, obviously. You can, when you're that close with someone, you can just see what they're doing simultaneously. Got it. So the fact that they were that close, <laughs> it was that many years of, mm-hmm. of connection. Of connection. So in the next 20 years, me and my best friend Paul, I'll be able to see <laughs> what he's doing. Well, one yeah, of you has to be possessed by a demon succubus first. Got it. I'll put that on him and then we can work it out from there. Uh, <laughs> also, what was another thing? I will say when Amanda flew through the window uh, to try and kill Jennifer, I think that was in that part, but it reminded me of Jamie when you were talking about that window in Candyman when the, he flew out. Oh, backwards. Yeah, backwards out of the window. Yeah. <laughs> this is what is getting me through this. Um, but also, why was why did Amanda wear that '80s dress at the prom? Was that the theme? Was she just wearing that to stand out? Well, it was a snazzy outfit. I was into it. Um, really enjoyed the big ruffly An- shoulder. Somebody's sense of style in a movie is not a plot hole. You're right. You're <laughs> correct. You're correct. I guess my question was like, she's wearing this '80s dress, but I do not see an '80s theme at this prom. So I was like. Sure. Well, of her wearing this also speaking on just appearances the fact that anyone tried to make amanda seyfried be the ugly nerdy one like (laughs) that's impossible for her to be the not pretty one like they put on glasses on her or whatever and was just like yay okay yeah i love that trope put on glasses and then you're gross says the person who has like 12 pairs of glasses but i mean we're real that trope is ridiculous so it's just like <laughs> what are you what are you even saying for anything anyway um but yeah I just I don't know the humor it was it was okay for me I do have some mental questions uh speaking on just gaslighting because they were obviously mm-hmm. gaslighting Amanda a lot mm-hmm. uh, but what is the best way because I know her boyfriend was like 
hey, I think you should need to probably see somebody. You're probably grieving like the trauma of everything that was happening and you being in the fire and all that stuff like that. But what is like kind of the best way to suggest therapy to someone without seeming like you're calling them crazy or insane or, you know, but you want, you're truly concerned and want them to get help and want them to be able to, to seek that help. Like, what do you suggest? Yeah. Good question. Good question. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that's coming up a lot more. I mean, the pandemic certainly has hopefully helped more people access mental health services, mm-hmm. but generally over time, I think there's been a conversation around like destigmatizing mental health services and, and talking about mental health and therapy and accessing therapy. But you kind of said a lot of the things that I think come across as very genuine and authentic and, and compassionate. If you see somebody in need and just sharing that, like you're concerned about them and you, you want them to get support and they might not feel like they could talk to family or friends about this, but that they could talk to, you know, an outsider, somebody who doesn't have any skin in the game, who has this objective, impartial view to provide some of that support, who specializes in it and, you know, can can talk through different strategies of coping and managing with it. Okay. So you're talking to me and mm-hmm. you're thinking that, oh my gosh, this girl does need mental help. Walk me through, <laughs> talk to me, <laughs> or suggest therapy. Keisha, has anyone ever told you that you're crazy? Yes. <laughs> Jamie, oh my God. That's so funny. Someone said that to me. I didn't even know who they were. Yes. But I, also on the mental health thing, obviously, Amanda goes to a mental institution and not jail after Mm -hmm. she is found literally with the weapon and she yanks it out of Jennifer's body in front of her mom, which was like super insane to me. Can't imagine being in any kind of situation like that, but spitballing here, but do you know what it would take for a judge to kind of like grant an insanity plea so that someone who committed a murder, like, goes to a mental institution instead of like, oh no, you murdered someone, you're going to jail. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Cause that was, uh, that was a lot of, not that in particular, but I previously worked within the criminal justice system. So there's a lot of different things that can happen where people end up um, hospitalized and and an alleged crime took place and things like that. So at the point, like even before somebody is sentenced, somebody could be hospitalized. It, it depends on, you know, the state that somebody's in and um, if the judge has any reason to believe that that person might be a harm to themselves or others, that they can, they can basically um, like have somebody be institutionalized for a period of time. Um, and then later on in the process, I feel like this is portrayed a lot and not accurately in films uh, in terms of if somebody is like not mentally competent, quote, 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 mm-hmm. um, to stand trial. Um, there's different different things that can happen as well. And so it's not even getting to the point of like an insanity plea. In fact, like at that point, I actually don't, I, I, I've only seen that I've seen most things happen like pre-trial or or the cases are resolved because people are found to like not be fit at at the time that the crime is committed to then have them be hospitalized and like it depends also on like what the severity of the crime was that determines how long they might be hospitalized for and their mental state too so I imagine that like at the point that Needy is arrested for murdering Jennifer, depending on what Nevi is saying, if she's talking about, I can't, now I'm trying to remember, did they like show her files or like talk about what she was talking about at all? Mm-hmm. It, it really depends on like, is Nevi telling them that her best friend was possessed by a succubus, in which case they might say, okay, that's not, you know, based in reality. So we're going to continue to hospitalize you and like monitor you. Um, but yeah, it also just depends on like, is she at risk of harming other people? Maybe, maybe they think that she's, you know, more stable because she 
was only fixated on killing Jennifer, although she also wants to kill um, Adam Brody. If there's only one target, then like she might be considered less of a risk. Um, So there's like a lot of assessing that psychiatrists and other mental health professionals would do at the hospital to kind of like continually check in and see like, where are you at? And then if she is no longer considered um, to like not be fit for those things, then in some cases, like the case would resume, like the criminal case. And right. so like that, that hospitalization could be temporary, like a long time, but also temporary. And mm-hmm. then they resume the criminal court case once they find that that person is like able to actually stand the, the, for the trial. Is there a, a certain amount of time that they have, like, I'm sure you can't take five years for a psychologist or psychiatrist to talk to you until you go back to your criminal trial? Like, is there a time limit or can it last for however long they need to assess the situation? Yeah, I mean, it really depends. Like, they have uh, most mental health, like behavioral health hospitals have both short-term and long-term inpatient units. So short-term is typically those like psych holds that people hear about where it's like, it could be anywhere from 24 to 72 hours, like minimum. And then the hospital staff will continue to evaluate to see if somebody needs extended time. And then for, for folks that have like more severe and persistent mental illness, they have longer term inpatient units where those folks are in there for very long periods of time. And that could be like months that could be, you know, years. And that's like less my personal forte. Um, cause I've never, I've never worked in, well, I interned once in a behavioral health hospital, but I never really interned in like inpatient units. So I have like much less understanding of kind of the ins and outs of the hospital system, but it's wacky. I cannot imagine. Let the people know again, exactly what your specialty is though in uh, therapy and psychology and psychiatry and such. Yeah. Uh, great question. Um, I mean, historically it was like mental health and criminal justice Uh intersecting. And since then I now do, I work for like a group therapy practice and my own practice and work with people with anxiety and perfectionism and, uh, trauma, burnout, things like that. Okay. Now going back to the, uh, we were talking about kind of the obsessive friendship that Mm -hmm. is there and you talked a little bit about it but if you could expand a little bit more please on I feel like I'm giving you like a full interview right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah so Miss Williams this is what I believe about uh right (laughs) blah 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 literally like I'm interviewing you for a job or something (laughs) um but I would liked you to speak on why we stay in relationships for so long, even, even though they might be detrimental or even though we realize that the other person that we thought we knew isn't who we knew, you know, who we've known and uh, they might be a terrible person. Like when Amanda was like, Jennifer is evil. And her boyfriend's like, yeah, <laughs> she's, like, oh, she's really evil. Actually. Evil, and he's like, Oh, okay, please, somebody. But yeah, can you speak on? So, that right there is why I love this movie because it's a perfect analogy uh, for exactly like that high school world, friendships, and all of that with the added horror on top of it. I really love movies like this, and that's one of the reasons why. Yes, I mean, I understand it, I'm seeing it as we talk about it. Like, I want to kind of watch it again and, and sit with it, but. Yes, Jamie, please uh, go ahead with your <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like it can be like a lot of things. I feel like we form these early childhood bonds and, and those are some of the first relationships that we have. Um, we go through like traumatic experiences. There are things that we go through that we need support from others and and relationships then bond out of that. But over time, maybe it can feel more like obligation to that person. If you, if, if the things that once brought you together are are no longer shared, you know, as, as people mature and and grow apart. Um, I think like 
the examples that they have here is, you know, Jennifer's a cheerleader and, and, you know, more into the popular crowd than needy is, is not. And that, that seems to not cause like a rift, but just kind of bring them further, further apart from one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the flashbacks, which I think are really interesting because in some ways it's, it's showing how they're, bond was forged when they were kids but also what it's showing is how jennifer was never a good friend to needy and was always a bitch even as a kid and and that everything that everything that she believed previously that like was bringing them together actually was all bad memories and and nothing really like positive that they shared, they shared the same experiences, but Jennifer was always very controlling and bossy and, and not playing fair. And, and Nevi's perspective on that, she needed more time to really reflect on that and, and see it for what it was. And also see, like, there was something about, you know, Jennifer literally being a succubus that allowed Nevi to see Jennifer for who she truly was. And that was not a good friend to her. Yeah. That's really good. Okay. Okay. I don't know if I actually answered your question. I just, no, you did. Also her name was needy. (laughs) I love, I love names with nicknames. Could you try again? Please stop. My watch just got activated. Wanted to be a part of the conversation. Okay. On that. One of my favorite things was the fashion. So anyone have a favorite 2009 fashion moment from this movie? I mean, I love emo Colin. (laughs) He's just so adorable. And it was just like my best green day dreams. (laughs) Were you an emo kid? I... (laughs) I definitely listened to my fair share of emo songs, mm-hmm. uh, but I never dressed the part. I mm-hmm. Will. Mm-hmm. But the music, as the kids say, slapped when I was younger. <laughs> I loved it. Also, the music in this, I was like, this soundtrack, absolutely. And the band Low Shoulder was a great, was a great <laughs> song. I enjoyed, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. And the low-rise jeans and the double polos. Oh, gosh, a great moment in time. We should leave. I feel like right now there's a lot of a lot of this old fashion that is becoming popular again yes. from the few TikToks that make their way to Instagram because I'm not actually on TikTok yet. Yeah. And and it's very alarming. I know there was like the big up in arms about people losing their side parts, which like you'll have to shave my head to lose my side part and the, (laughs) and the high-waisted jeans, which like, again, you will have to murder me. I will be murdered by a succubus before I will ever give up my high-waisted jeans. But I feel like a lot of these like old 2000s fashion styles are becoming popular again. And and it, it makes me feel really old and uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, because it's coming around too so soon. Like you would think that, you know, maybe some 80s fashion would come back right now. But like for something to be, you know, early 2000s or mid 2000s seems way, way too soon for mm-hmm. me. We yeah. don't need popped up collars on polo shirts. We don't need low. No one needs low rise jeans. Absolutely no one. It's like you can't move in them. <laughs> I, I can't. My friend, I was talking to her the other day and she said her new favorite game now on the subway in New York is to guess if it's Gen Z or millennial. <laughs> on how they're dressed. But she says, and she's our age, but she says she fools everyone because she wears the middle part, but then she wears high-waisted jeans. So she wants people mm. suspicious of her, mm-hmm. <laughs> what she's doing. <laughs> I will definitely, I agree with you. Side parts forever and high-waisted jeans are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend the whole day trying to lift up my pants every time I no. take steps. No. I already had to do that. And then the flare bottom jeans, like, get out of here. Yeah, I've been, I've seen a lot of uh, flares lately and was just very confused. I thought I'd like walk through a time machine when I walked into the store. 
No, absolutely. I mean, the minute that it rains or like you step in a puddle, like you're done for the rest of the day. And it's just like, I'm not going to, I'm not. Oh my God. I forgot about just that the whole like nuisance of all of these styles. It's just so inconvenient. It's like, who thought of this? Did men think of this? Sorry, Brian. But did guys think of this? Like the inconvenience is. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. It's all his fault. Well, what I do want to (laughs) say is that this movie doesn't work if it's not written and directed by women because they would have taken full advantage of the fact that they had Megan Fox in like when at her the height of her powers if you will like she there was she doesn't have clothes on quite a bit in this movie in terms of like swimming in the lake and stuff and it's never gratuitous it's never disgusting she's in sexual situations the whole movie and it's never gratuitous it is for the point of what this movie is trying to do there is a all female kiss that never feels sexualized in a gratuitous way it's very much about the relationship between those characters there's no gratuitous like shots up from like the legs getting the butt and then all the way up none of that it's all very much like story that happened the movie's called jennifer's body and it never feels gratuitous and it feels like a it 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 all works towards the plot and the theme and the characters. And that does not happen with a man directing it and, or a man having written this. It just, it doesn't, it's a totally different movie. And, and this movie to me holds up really well, like all these years later in terms of like the strong female characters, the, or just like, forget about strong female, like just like really solid characters with interesting relationship with weaknesses and strengths with growth with all of that, without feeling like it's a, even though it's, yes, it's a female empowerment type of horror movie, it never like obnoxiously feels like that, if that makes sense. There's no like scene where it's like, we all need to stick together. Like there's, you know, there's always that like one like annoying scene. Like, I don't think this movie, this movie does, this movie does and does shows, but never says, if that makes sense. Like, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. Like, I feel like it does that more than it says things. I don't know. That's a great point. No, that is that makes me think about the movie differently because I never felt like women were being uh, portrayed in a overly sexualized way. And to have the lead person be the one kind of dominating, uh, being a female dominating everything in the situations uh, was definitely a good portrayal to me. So that's yes, I agree. I agree with all of that. Yeah. Anybody have any favorite quotes from the movie? I'm going to read you mine in a second, but I want to ask you guys first. Mm. I really like when Chip says that he can take care of himself because he's been using the Bowflex. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely great. You said it earlier, uh, Jamie, but I want to read the whole quote Mm. of the... Yeah, right. I'm not even a backdoor virgin anymore, thanks to Roman. By the way, that hurts. I couldn't even go to Six Flags the next day. I had to go home and sit on a bag of frozen peas. <laughs> oh, excellent. Was dying laughing at that. That was that was it for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good things. Yes. Well, do we want to go on to our uh, ratings? Or Brian, do you have any trivia? Extra trivia about this movie? Um, I don't have a ton of trivia. Although my one of my favorite quotes is, "I just got Aquamarine on DVD." It's about a girl who's like half sushi. She must have had sex with a blowhole or something. <laughs> That's a good one. And then I really, really do like uh, when Chip says, "Like, oh yeah, if it, I, I must be soy sauce after this." The salty is going to stick with me the most. <laughs> yeah. Right us. So, which yeah. is so crazy because salty now has a way different meaning than mm-hmm. that. Totally. You have an attitude or you're being, you know, whatever, but. And I also do want to say the fire sequence at the beginning when she's, she's basically under the spell or, or of them, whether it is like a magical spell because into the dark arts or whether it's whatever. Um, but like, you know, or, or whether she just like has a low tolerance or whatnot, but like, I mean, that was an analogy for what could happen to you like a night at a bar, but it also never felt like grotesquely over, um, 
over explained if that makes sense and then like you also have the guilt that needy probably feels that guilt the whole movie that because they they show it a lot that door slow motion closing on like her friend's blank face in the van like needy knows what's happening and so like does she hold herself responsible for that moment the whole time does like the only way that she gets over that is to like free her friend by like stabbing her with a box knife or whatever it is like I don't know that the, the beginning of that like really does stand out as like, you know, um, you know, needy feels like she failed her friend in that moment, even though Jennifer has failed her over and over again, her failure of her friend at the bar that night feels way more significant than anything that she's failed her for. Um, and so like, I feel like that carries a little bit throughout the movie. Also, this movie also isn't as good if the two female leads aren't as good as they are. Like, um, like yeah. they really carry this as well as Diablo Cody's script and whatnot. But um, yeah, I really, I really dug this. I really like this movie. I actually think I liked it better this time than I even did the first time for sure. So based on what you just said, do you think that Amanda killing Megan was based on relieving her guilt or based on revenge because Megan killed her boyfriend? Do you, in that moment, do I you think it's a, in that moment, in that moment, I think it's the boyfriend and I think it's, she wants to stop this evil from getting out into the world. And like, it's symbolic for like breaking up with a friend is really hard. Like mm-hmm. breaking up with friends is probably harder than even breaking up with, um, romantic partners because you have so much more shared history that isn't linked directly to sex or sexual activity or emotion like the like i think that has a lot to do with it um i think the guilt is more the first half of the movie and then once she realizes what her friend is that's like that shifts a little bit internally with the um with needy's character um so i i do think that um there is a shift in the character for sure nice cool um so some trivia, as you asked, um, a couple of things. One, this was a very popular script. People were super excited about this script. Jason Reitman, I think, was originally going to direct it because he directed Juno. Um, but then uh, Karen uh, hopped on board um, and uh, it was just they were all really excited about it. And then I think the other thing I they were going for more of like a Lost Boys feel um, for it, which I definitely think, you know, you 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 get from that what's her name megan fox went down to 97 pounds and stayed out of the sun to keep her skin pale to like really look like a hollow human being diablo cody said a key reason for writing the film was to bring to the screen a new way of expressing the intensity of female bonds and that the adolescent female friendships she experienced went unparalleled in their intensity she wanted to show the almost horrific aspect of such devotion and its relation to parasitism just just fun stuff like that nothing too crazy yeah i would i can't even remember if i ever was 97 pounds that's quite ridiculous (laughs) i don't think i was 97 pounds even when i was in elementary school exactly Exactly. (laughs) i just came out of the womb 100 up you know (laughs) sorry mom um cool so do we want to do rotten tomatoes yes okay Nikisha, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes are? Oh, I want to say because it developed a cult following later that it might not have been received well at the beginning. Sure. So I'm going to say 60. 60? Yes. All right, Jamie. I'm going to say 54 for the same reason. Okay, well, the actual score is 45% on 208 reviews. Jennifer's body features occasionally clever dialogue, but its horror comedy premise ultimately fails to be consistently funny or scary enough to satisfy. So I actually agree with that in a way. However, I think it leaves out what the movie is actually trying to do. Like in terms of its themes and, 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 and how it's, it's showing female high school or female relationships in general. Um, I think it does that better than it is, does maybe being a horror movie or being a comedy per se, but I still like it a lot. No, I agree with that in you saying that. And if, and if I watch it again, going in with that concept, 
would make the movie way more enjoyable than yeah. what I when I didn't know anything about it. So, yeah. Also, this is an interesting because like because Amanda Seyfried was already pretty famous because she had done Mamma Mia, obviously Mean Girls. So like, and then obviously Megan Fox was you know transformers and i think this was before this is after the first two transformer movies and then she did uh jonah hex which is a bomb the dictator she was in by herself this is 40 and the teenage mutant ninja turtles movies um and unless we forget she was in the mary kane ashley olsen hit holiday <gasps> in the sun oh my god i remember that she was the mean person yeah of course. um so funny when you mentioned mean girls <clears throat> Amanda was in Mean Girls, but it was one of those moments, and I think Brian, we had talked about this in another podcast about uh, Rachel McAdams, and you don't think about Regina George because you just think Regina George as like an actual human being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you forget that Rachel McAdams plays Regina George because Regina George is just a human character, like like she's not being played by anyone. Like that's how good she. Oh, when we talked about Eurovision, we talked about like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, that Amanda was in Mean Girls because I was like, who is she in Mean Yeah, all those. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so let's, uh, you want to do the four S's? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> all right, so this is uh, the four S's, scare, shakes, no, what is it? Scare. Skulls, yeah. scares, shakes, and suggestions. That's right. Um, okay, so uh, let's start with uh, Nikisha. What are you going with for skulls? Skulls. I think because of the quotes that will stay in my mind, I will give this a seven. Because I think that's the only thing that will stay in my mind are the quotes. For skulls, like mental health? Oh, no. I think you're thinking of the shakes. I am thinking of shakes. Let's start with shakes. Let's start with shakes. (laughs) Brian didn't explain it like he usually does. That's true. Yeah, it's Brian's fault. Brian. Nikki, she gave it a seven for shakes. Jamie. I love this movie. It will never leave me. (laughs) Uh, But I'm going to give it a five as like a movie that stays with me forever because I... I saw it and was obsessed with it when it came out and watching it again just reminded me of those types of relationships. And those are the thing that's what I think is going to stick with me the most is just those like really intense relationships and reflecting back on my youth and trying to feel nostalgic for me and friends. Um, I'm going to go with an, uh, I'm going to go with an eight. Nice. Um, This is a real, this is a, I don't know. It's so unique. I, I feel like I haven't seen anything like this in terms of what this specifically is in a long time. And I feel like this is a really good suggestion for people as well um, if they're looking for something. So yeah, I'm going to go with an eight plus. I mean, it's just, it's just so wacky. And, and like, I think it does what it's trying to do very well in terms of thematically. So let's go back to skulls, the behavior, mental health. Yes, I'll get this right. So I would give it like a three on the mental health. I It made me think of a lot of other things that I wanted, that I wanted to ask Jamie and that I did ask Jamie, but as far as like them portraying that, mm-hmm. it wasn't really that focused on mental health. So I'll give it a three. Jamie? Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a two because of that like wild institution that she's in in the beginning and end of the movie and <laughs> just her ability to drop kick uh, uh, employees uh, willy-nilly. I, I really hope that that is not what's happening in real life. Ditto. Um, I will give it for skulls. I'm giving it a five because I'm going to lean more into the parasitic relationship aspect of things and the breaking down of that and the behaviors of that. So I'm going to give it a five for, for attempting and showing that in a different way. Um, okay. Scares. Did you, did it scare you at all? Was it, is there any moments that got you? No, I'll give it a zero on scares. Jamie. Um, I'll give it a one for, I, (laughs) I don't like, 
big mouth things. I don't like when people's mouths get like overstretched and, and while it is a very cool looking effect that they do in the movie, it just unsettles me a little bit. Every time she opens up her unhinges, her jaw really big. So like in Mortal Kombat, like Melina, that's just not your, <laughs> not your brand. When it, yeah. When it started to rip, I was like, Ugh. Oh, okay. unpleasant. I'm going to go with the one as well. The only thing that got me was I totally forgot that moment where like, she's like a creature standing on top of like a chair or what I forget what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was, that got me for a second, but that was really it. Okay. Suggestions. What would you, what else would you suggest along with this one? When I was watching this, it gave me the babysitter vibes as far as kind sure. of like interesting. the comedy aspect of it, the comedy horror aspect of it. So that was the only thing that really stuck out in my mind was the babysitter. Sure. Jamie? Something also that is like comedy horror that I also really, really, really enjoy and I think also has a cult-like following is Slither. Mm. Um, which I would love to to do on here. Um, but yeah, just gory and gross as well and and pretty, pretty funny. So that was my wreck. A James Gunn classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go with it follows. Mm. Um, it has similar kind of like, indie vibes and like weird like 80s vibes to it um it also deals with you know kind of it's an analogy for teenager things um there's a pool scene as well um but uh yeah i I think that that i would buy these as like a two-pack in walmart (laughs) i used to buy those all the time in the dvd maybe that's our new like that's how we describe it. Like a suggestion is like, what would you find in a two pack at Walmart with this movie? Yes. <laughs> Love that. Well, yeah, I think that is it for Jennifer's body. Any last, last words, lady and gent? Uh, just hell is a teenage girl. Puberty sucks. Puberty really does suck. I mean, did anybody have like a really good, <laughs> kind of puberty high school moments because I definitely did not no like I, I feel like they just do things intentionally to make it worse the, everything that that middle school is designed for an awful experience I think hopefully to you know build your resilience so that as you enter adulthood that you're you know better for it or even more messed up yeah, that's true. I'm more messed up for sure. Most of us are. I will speak <laughs> for myself. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Uh, this was Jennifer's Body. You can follow us at Talk Horror Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And Brian, where can they listen to us? Sure. You can, of course, find us wherever you listen to podcasts, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank you. Thank you. Um, I will also say about Jennifer's body, like I was just surprised at like how really well it held up. And I'm always a big fan uh, when J.K. Simmons randomly shows up as a <laughs> uh, wacky, uh, a wacky teacher with a hook hand. We didn't even talk. I just had to. I had to say something. <laughs> I I asked, like, what was the purpose of the science teacher having a hook hand? But okay, we'll Ooh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't I don't matter. know. It doesn't, yes, it doesn't move the story. It's totally fine. Just a wacky moment. Great. (laughs) Well, thank you guys for listening. And I do want to sign off with this quote. You're lime green jello and you can't even admit it to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, stay stay salty, everyone. (laughs) Even better. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thank you.